this is your first episode of The Upside, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. Today is Wednesday, September 13th. My name is Jeff Dollar, and today I'm grateful for the Amazon delivery driver who, just a few minutes ago, called me because he was lost in our office building. That was really nice, too, because he could have just said undeliverable. I know. That's why I'm grateful and, yeah, for him. That's super awesome. Compared to the one yesterday, the delivery driver, who I had a return, and uh, they the, it, when it arrived, it was damaged, right? So they you said UPS can come to your house and get it at no charge. Yeah. And I said, oh, okay. That seems, that seems convenient. And they said, just leave it outside. So when I got home yesterday, the package was still there. And next to the package stuck in the door was a label saying we couldn't find your return package. I think the person may have had to move the return package to put the label in the door. No. Maybe they're just having an off day. I know. All right. I'm going to counteract that by having a super upsidey gratitude. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Okay. Yes. My name is Callie Dollar, and I am grateful that our garage is noisy. Now, most I think about it a little bit. I'm like, you know, if we own this house, maybe I would get a new garage. But for whatever reason. Garage door, not a whole garage. Door. garage. Yeah, yeah, but like a garage we're door. Keep, we're not keeping wild animals in the garage. No. Um, but I, for whatever reason, you, I heard you open the garage because I think because it's like garbage day. So you were taking out the trash and it woke me up at 6.45 yesterday morning. And I looked at my phone, realized that I had made a mistake and set my alarm for 7.15 instead of 6.15. Oh, that would have that would have been a panic sitch. So I would have been late getting up, late getting Ellie to school, and it would have had the whole morning in a tizzy. But luckily for me, we have a little bit of a noisy garage and, and it was garbage day. So I heard you opening the garage, which normally you wouldn't do because normally you go out the front door. Right. And- it just worked out perfectly. So I was really excited. I was like, oh my gosh, thank God for the garage or I would have slept in by an hour and been, my whole day would have been thrown off. So I'm really grateful for that noisy garage. Have you seen the story of the guy that's been on the loose? I think it's like, it's in Pennsylvania, maybe. It's, in, it's around Philly, I think. I think so. So this guy, first of all, if you haven't seen the video, all you have to he's do- not, right He's now, not a guy. He's a murderer. He's a- He's a, he's a uh, prisoner, an escaped pr- an escapee. He's a, yeah, but he's a murderer. Yes. He stabs somebody. So I think it's either his girlfriend or his wife. I think it's a, his girlfriend, yeah. A million times. He's a psychopath. Oh, total psycho. So, but he's in the news for two reasons. One, prison escape. That's like always a news story, right? And two- it, it's on video how he escaped. Like he kind of like maneuvered himself in a way. Did you see the video? Yeah, he crab walked. It was, and I didn't really know what that meant. Cause I'm like, how do you walk up a wall? But he had his feet on one wall, his hands on another and then walked himself up. It yeah. was, it was nutty. So here's the thing that just blows my mind. First of all, prison escapes blow my mind in general. The year is 2023. There are cameras literally everywhere. How are we going on like 13 or 14 days with this guy being on people's cameras and him not being found? Like I am scared. He's he's going to his friend's houses. Oh, I know. People that he knew. On the ring doorbell. Yeah. And and one of them responded and said, Hey man, what's up? And he says, I need some help. And the guy's like, I'm not home. I'm at dinner. Yeah. And, and then what do you do? Do you disconnect the doorbell and then immediately cook? Like, 
So he's been, yeah. he's been doing that. But here's the thing is I live my life assuming that a camera is catching me doing everything. Like when I go to the grocery store, I don't think that in a typical day, there's anywhere that I could go in my normal route, like leaving my house without every step of my day being captured on camera. So the fact that he's been eluding officials for 14, 13 days is blowing my mind. It's it's kind of, hor- number one, it's horrifying. And number two, it, it, it's, it's, it's remarkable that they haven't been able to get ahead of him yet. And I think it's a lot of luck. I don't think this guy is skilled. It's, it's not, well, if he had, he's not a, he's not an ex Navy seal. If he had a master plan, he wouldn't be showing up on people's ring doorbells asking for help, you know, like friends, like, unless that's that's part of his plan, unless part of his plan is, Hey, I'm going to go to my old friend's house to, 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 so that all the cops start focusing on my network of friends. And while they're doing that, I'm going to take a rowboat to, you know, Cuba. Yeah. And I'm just going to blend in. Yeah. But they think he's in like a, the, well, know. they thought they thought he was within five miles of the prison. And then he showed up on somebody's ring doorbell 14, 15 miles away. Yeah. I I would be I would be so But I think he kind of like is surprised that he actually got out. I would be so frightened if I lived in the vicinity of that. Right? I would be terrified. Because he's clearly he has he is committed to to being a free man. Mm-hmm. He is Confident in his abilities, mm-hmm. and he's desperate, and he's capable of harm, right? Gruesome harm, right? I, I, I mean, that's kind of a hey, let's take Ellie out of school for a week and go stay in a, you know, let's go to Florida, let's, let's go to California, right? Like, I, I think, I don't know, I mean, maybe if you live in the vicinity of a prison, you're I know you're not used to it. It never happens. Yeah. Callie and I have friends who are expecting their first kid before the end of the year. And one of the the gifts that's being given to them is parenting advice. Mm -hmm. And I was asked to provide some dad advice as a recent first time dad to this family for, for their new one. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, I think it's, this is primarily from dad to dad. So I think this is going to be the dad portion of the gift. Yeah. I would like to share the questions that I was asked and share my answers. Oh, I love this. Because I think some of them were difficult for me to answer because I didn't like the questions. Okay. Uh, The first one is what is your best parenting advice and my best parenting advice is what it was or is uh to take care of mom in the first month because the kid doesn't need anything the kid doesn't need you yeah the kid needs milk and a blanket yeah you know what i mean yeah the kid can sleep anywhere Fresh diaper. You can put put the kid on a a dishwasher rack with all those little pointy things, right? Yeah. Kid will fall asleep. Yeah. Right? When they're that little. All they're they're doing is sleeping and growing. And and they need milk. So either mom is going to provide that or you fix bottles. Mm -hmm. So for my parenting advice for the beginning, 
is just make sure mom is taken care of, whatever that means, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think it's probably different things for different people. I'm sure uh, some mamas want to get the baby out and then go hit the gym if they're big fitness people Mm -hmm. and make yourself available to watch the kids so they can go to the gym. Mm -hmm. Some mamas probably just want to veg on the couch with the kid and watch Netflix. Make sure your Netflix subscription is up to date and you've got, you know, the snacks that she loves. Yeah. That's it. The second one was what's the most unexpected biggest surprise of fatherhood? I This is only because so many people said leading up to it, oh, I hope you like your free time. I hope this. I hope that. I hope whatever. Uh, I hope, you know, you're not going to sleep. You're not going to, you're, you're not going to have any time. For me, I feel like the time just adjusted itself so that everything fits in. Mm-hmm. I realize part of this is because I've never had a proper nine to five job mm-hmm. in Ellie's entire existence. Right. And I'm very blessed and I'm very fortunate um, in that regard. If I was getting up in the morning, to, you know, having breakfast, taking Ellie to school, and then, you know, coming home at five, if I had a nine to five, mm-hmm. I think this would be a very different answer. But what I have found is that everything you everything just did. I have become more efficient with my time. Mm-hmm. I have found different ways to do so. So that really surprised me is that the warnings and the cautions about time were not as those alarms weren't as loud as I expected them to be. Um any survival tips? I'm trying to remember how I answered this. Oh, yes. Um, I downloaded an app called One Second Every Day, which you take one picture. It prompts you on your phone to take one picture every day. Um, And I know everybody takes a million pictures of their kids. But when you get this prompt, it it, it's like an intentional thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I did that. So I took one picture every day for Ellie's first year. So that was just kind of a... I don't know. That that was a cool thing. Um, the other thing was, uh, not, this isn't really a survival tip. This is just a tip in general. Um, Callie had a C-section with Ellie, and there's some period of time, and neither Callie nor I could tell you how much time it was, between when the baby comes out of the womb and when Callie is out of surgery. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you if I had... If somebody put a stack of 20 Bibles in front of me and, and said, you've got to swear on how much time it was, I could not do it, mm-hmm. right? Because time was weird that day. But I did take pictures that you discovered on my phone mm-hmm. six months later, and they were your favorite thing. Oh, it was the best because I didn't get to see. Like, I was being sewn up and cleaned up and whatever. And meanwhile, Ellie was with Jeff and a nurse being cleaned up and measured and getting her blood drawn. Well, I think the one that you liked was just Ellie walking, not walking, but being driven down the hall in her little, you know, the little clear sided hospital bassinets. And I I mean, a five minute walk probably from the surgery to the, the, you know, operating room to the nursery, proper nursery, but you were so touched by that. So, um, Intentional pictures was mm-hmm. my survival tip. Uh, question four started said, fatherhood is hard. What makes it worth it? I did not like that question at all. 
You don't think it's hard? No. It's the greatest thing on the planet. It's not difficult. If it is difficult, what was it, yesterday, the day before yesterday, Ellie, I am fairly certain they must have given her cocaine at school. I mean, it was like. She came home. And and if and if she grabbed onto the curtains and climbed up to the ceiling and shimmied over to the ceiling fan, it wouldn't have surprised me. Yeah. She was like level 35 energy. And um she had somebody brought it. You know what they you know what they did? It was it was uh cocaine Tuesday and with Red Bull for lunch. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Yeah. But she had been that way like all day. And I said to Jeff at one point, I was like, I she put up a fight with me about every single little thing like breakfast, which shoes she wanted to put on first, like all of the stuff. And I was like, I just towards bedtime, I was, Jeff asked me to put her pull up on. I'm like, honestly, Jeff, like she started to fight me on that and went like limp noodle. And I was like, Jeff, I just can't do it. Like I got to tap out and you tapped her right in. But what were you going to, is that what you were going to say about it? Um, well, I, I enjoy the challenge. You pointed this out that, that I'm good at managing her, you know, hard, when she, you know, her challenging times, you, whatever. Yes. Because I just power through it. If she's going to be all whiny about pulling on her pull-up, like I'll throw her on the couch, you know, up on the bed, exaggerate, flip her over. You make it fun for her. Yell. I just get big and loud and stuff. And it, to me, it's okay. You're crying. How am I going to get you to laugh? Yeah. It's, it's almost like performing on the radio or doing stand-up comedy. To be completely honest. Yeah. It's like a performance for you to get her. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Two, two nights ago, she was so upset at me because I ate one of her French fries and she had full on tears. tears. And I said, are you mad at daddy? And she's like, yeah. And I yeah. said, why? And she said, he ate my French fries, which is funny because they were actually Jeff's that she, she stole them. them. Yeah. But it, to me, it became a challenge to turn those real tears into getting her to laugh. And I did. Yeah. You know? Um, and then any family tradition, big or small that you can share. We don't really have any, we have our secret handshake. We have a secret handshake. I like that every high night- five, tiny five, give me one piece to you. Yeah. And I like every um, night that we say the same thing. Like that was advice that I got from moms on calls to like kind of have a family motto where you kind of all, think that you're in it together. And every night before bed, we say together, you are strong, you are brave, you are kind, and you always belong here. Um, That's something that I made up and I've been saying it to her since she was teeny, teeny, tiny. And now it's kind of our little um, like family inspirational, you know? Yeah. Well, we got to tag it. And also don't drink Red Bull or do cocaine and no espresso after two. Today is National Positive Thinking Day. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Because when I. It's an opportunity for you to say I'm positive. Oh, um, let me start that over. Today is National Positive Thinking Today. Today is National Positive Thinking Day. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) You stink. (laughs) So since we're the upside, I thought that was a day that we should acknowledge and also say that positive thinking rewires your brain and is scientifically good for your health. Scientists have been studying this for over a decade now, and they have more than a decade, decade and a half of research backing this up. And I think it's really neat that we are the beneficiaries of that to know for a scientific fact that when you lead a 
when your brain thinks positively, um, it can change your physical health. And I want to remind you when I say this, and we've said this before, if you're a longtime listener, you've heard it. Jeff and I both are, think it's easier to be negative. 1000%. It just is. It's easy to be frustrated in traffic. It's easy to be mad when you oversleep. It's easy to do all of those things. When you practice gratitude every single day, which Jeff and I do, we've been a little lax on it lately. We need to get back into it. Um, your mind, your mind shifts and it's weird. And I would go so far as to say both of us were almost negative before and now positive thinking is a part of our day and scientifically i i will expand i will extend your thought and say that at some point about three months ago or longer our gratitude journal disappeared yeah do do you have any idea where it went i think i do i think i put it on top of a shelf because ellie was trying to color in it and it disappeared i think you and i are both saltier I think we're saltier too. Even though we say it on the show, I think something about writing you it have down. To write it down. It's yeah. just different. Um, and I like acknowledging it on the show, but something about the written thing just is like it's a game changer. Yeah. So we gotta find our gratitude journal. Uh oh. doing, I'm doing two today, right? Yeah, you're doing yeah. two. Um I'm you're, positive of that. <laughs> thanks. Your, here are your three random things for today. Your first random thing for today is that half of holiday shoppers start before Halloween. 12% start before the end of August, which to me, I just can't even imagine shopping in August. I can barely imagine it right now, but I feel like Halloween is getting me in a little bit more of the spirit because- The spirit of Halloween? No. No but you're just full of laughs today, aren't you? Um, Jeff is a notorious Christmas week shopper. Um, and I just feel like I not, always think- Not this year. I'm not going to do that this year. You say that every year. I, yeah. But September, I feel like, oh, I've got time. I've got time. But as we all know, as soon as Halloween hits, the year hits the gas and yeah. it goes by so fast. And then it's Christmas week and you're like, holy crap. Like I'm out of time. I've always felt like, and and you know what, Ellie's just going to make this worse. I have always felt like the end of the start of the end of the year is my birthday mm-hmm. because my birthday is the second week of November. So I, I always felt like November 10th is my birthday. Then two weeks later, it's Thanksgiving. Then two or three weeks after that, it's Christmas break. And then all of a sudden it's the next year. And Ellie was born a week before I was born. So I think she's going to extend that. Yeah. I think the year is going to end essentially at Halloween, mentally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, I hate that because that's two full months, but it's it's just, I don't know. So maybe you, starting October 1, you start ordering your Christmas gifts for the year. So you won't be scrambling the week of. Uh, Your second random thing is 30% of Americans suffer from menu anxiety. It's me. Younger generations more likely to feel the anxiety. Four out of 10 Gen Zers and millennials, that's aged 18 to 43, uh, say that they panic when they have to look at a restaurant menu. 
I wouldn't say I panic because that word's a little strong, but I do get, it takes me way longer than it takes you. Cause I'm like, I don't know. This all looks so good. I don't know what I want. I don't know. So to eliminate that, something that helps me cause like the menu anxiety is not going away is to look at the menu ahead of time Yeah, and then stew on it like all day. Like tonight I am going to dinner with some friends. I'm going to look at the menu probably when we stop recording this podcast. I, I also want to get... I hope this isn't an old, such an elderly person thing to say. I want you and I to get better about sharing entrees. Yes. There, you, we, went out, we went out to lunch the other day and I got a couple tacos, which were fine. And we, and we got, gua, we went to a Mac, we went to real tacos or, or, or real. Or, tacos. Yeah. There's two R's. We don't so, know how to say it. So we went there and. I get a couple of tacos and we got a, you know, the guacamole and cheese dip that you have to get when you go to a taco spot. Mm -hmm. Um, And Callie got a burrito that was as large as her calf. Yeah. It was enormous. It's what I call a two meal burrito. Right. But we, I think we just have to communicate better because it looked good. If you had gotten it without, I don't care for black beans. If you had gotten it without black beans, we could have shared that, but we don't talk through it. It's true. We need to start doing that or just get like, Two or three appetizers. Because we always split them. Well, yeah. I mean, it depends on the restaurant you go to, but if you go to a Mexican restaurant, you're getting guac. Yeah. And you're having salsa, or you're getting cheese and you're having salsa, or you're getting guac and cheese with salsa. You can split a burrito. Yeah, for sure. And your third random thing for today is that the University of Georgia and Georgia Tech got together. They've been doing research and they are saying now that residents of Georgia are losing their famous Georgian draw. Their southern accent. What did you call it? A drawl, a southern oh, drawl. Yeah. Um, the study shows that Gen Xers' accents like fell off a cliff. A cliff. Boomers have it, um, and I would say millennials. Like I've never had a southern accent that I know of. Like, do I sound southern to you? Do they give a reason why? Because I have a theory. What's your theory? The internet. What does that have to do with anything? Thirty years ago, you didn't have a- access to the way people spoke all over the world unless you traveled Mm. or unless you were watching TV. But even if you're watching TV, nobody is consuming as much digital content. That's true. Via TV. You know what I mean? That's true. And uh, I feel like an example of this. So Robin, my friend Robin. And the TV, got one more thought on that. The TV is a social thought, a social thing. Yeah. So if you're watching TV, if you're watching Friends, but with your family who lives in Augusta, Georgia... It's like, oh, y'all, that Chandler Bing is so funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're watching, if you're just watching TikTok or Instagram, there's no, there's not as much social interaction. Right. My friend Robin always, her family's from Ohio and they have Midwestern accents. And if she spends like four good days with them and she's really not on her phone much and she's just hanging around family for four or five days, she will come back with a Midwestern accent and it is strong and it's so funny. But I think, yeah, that might be right. Like you're, when you're constantly and only surrounded by people that have the accent where you grew up, that's what's going to stick. And those are your three random things. Thanks for listening to the Upside Pass Cast. Peace to you.